Ready to get in the Word tonight? Amen. So good to have some, you know, uh, good friends of uh, good friends of mine uh, from Michigan. So Eric and Drew, just raise your hand. There, you might have seen them before. They come to church when they're in town, and it's so good to have them. They, he's a worship leader in Michigan. His father-in-law is a pastor of a church up there. I've been pastoring with for thirty years there, and and so Eric and his wife are going to go to Africa with us when we go, and so uh, and so he's down. His his son's going to be going to the uh, KCM uh, Bible School. And, uh, and so, and so he's going to be moving down here. And so, so we might see Drew from time to time as well. So, so anyway, it's so good to have you guys. And anyway, we're glad you're all here. And, and so if your Bible turn to first Peter chapter three and, uh, before, you know, we, we know we got to go over our vision statement and we, our statements of faith and we say these together. So if you have your piece of paper that you received, we declare this each time. And I, I want this to be something uh, more than just something that you, we do once a month here. I want this to be something that you read, something that you say over yourself and over your own life. And uh, I want to read the, uh, our, our vision statement first. It says, Our purpose is to create opportunities for the men of heritage to come together to connect, grow, get free, and go to the next level in life. Our attitude is this. We refuse to go back, give up, or plateau. We will rise and be the champions we were created to be. All right, let's do our statements of faith. Let's do, it. let's do it with some confidence. Number one, step up. Be a man of action. Assume it is your job and your moment. Hate apathy. Reject passivity. Refuse to live as a spectator in life. Speak out. Silence in the midst of a sin is a sin. Be courageous. Fear God, not man. Speak the truth in love. Stand strong. Don't give in when you're challenged, attacked, or criticized. Above all, refuse to compromise. Stay humble. Be vigilant against pride. Get the log out of your eye. Don't think less of yourself. Think of yourself less. Serve the king. Seek first his kingdom, his glory, his righteousness, hope in the eternal, and live for a greater reward. Reward, Amen. That's what we're about. That's what we're about as next level men, going to the next level in life, every area of your life. Man, you've got, you're called to greatness. You're, you're called to, to do something beyond whatever you could ever, whatever you are thinking about yourself right now, no matter how negative it might be or how great it might be, it's beyond that. It's beyond that. So don't see yourself as a failure and don't see yourself as someone that's already arrived because realize God is continuing to do a work in your life. Amen. And as men of heritage, as, as really we're part of this, this, this church, what God's doing in this community. Do you realize that you and I were called to change the whole dynamics of this community? This isn't, heritage isn't just a place that, that we gather every Sunday or Wednesday when you, when you choose to be here. No, this, this is something, we're, this, God is doing something in this house that is going to so change this community. If this community only knew what God was going to do through each one of you. It, not, 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 not just through me, but through each one of you. And whatever your sphere of influence is, wherever God's called you to be, whatever workplace you might have, whatever school you might go to, realize that you are a change agent. Realize there's greatness on the inside of you, and it's up to you to tap into the Spirit of God and the Word of God for that greatness to develop on the inside of you. Submit to that greatness and walk out everything He tells you to do on a daily basis, and you will change the world around you. You will change the world around you. Heritage of faith is called to great things. Great things. 
And that is, trust me, it's not about, it's not about us making a name for my, for me, not about me making a name for myself. It's about what God wants to do. And God doesn't do anything halfway. God doesn't do anything small. Amen. 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 He wants to do something great. Hallelujah. You know, in the last three months, we were dealing with, uh, we dealt with integrity. And, and we talked about different aspects of integrity. And, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, going, you know, uh, past integrity a little bit tonight. And uh, it just really, it, because realize integrity is a heart issue. It's not a performance issue. It's a heart issue. So many times we try to do we try to do things that are of, it, it, it's not found, it, it's, it's the heart. It's, and so, so often we're trying to do actions instead of, okay, what's in my heart? Because what's in my heart are going to be my actions. And so, so therefore it's not, it, it's not, if I could just perfect this, if I could just perfect that, or if I could just perfect this. No, no, what's, what's going on in your heart? Because, see, living a life of integrity is, 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 is beyond your actions. It's your heart. Because if you can de- deal with the heart, then your actions will take care of itself. You know, Jesus he even said it this way in the Beatitudes. He was, he was saying, you know, well, you, you, know, you, say, and you, you say that with your law, you know, you can't, you, you, you can't kill. But Jesus said, but I say to you, if you even look at a man with anger in your heart, you've already done the same thing. So if I have anger towards another man, then I've already, I've already killed them. You're like, wow, that's strange. Because what was Jesus doing? Jesus wasn't dealing with actions. Jesus was dealing with the heart. Because Jesus went beyond the actions because the Jewish people were so focused on the actions if I just do this right, if I just do that right, Jesus says, no, if you just take care of the heart, the actions will take care of themselves. So, so, so let me, let's deal with the thought. Don't even, don't even allow anger in your heart because see what happens if you allow anger in your heart, then it's going to turn into resentment. Then it's going to turn into torment. And then it's going to turn into where you act on that act of anger. So Jesus says, if you have anger, Hey, get rid of it there. Get rid of it there, because if you get rid of the thought, then it'll never become an action. It's the same thing with adultery. He said, he, he was like, well, you should, you should not commit adultery. Jesus said, don't even look at a woman with lust in your eyes. Why? Because if you're, if you're not going to look with lust in your eyes, then you know what? You're not going to commit the act. So Jesus said, let's deal with the thought of it, and you don't have to worry about the action of it. So, so integrity, it's, it's an issue with the heart. Now, let's look at this in, in 1 Peter chapter 3. And I'm not going to take the time to really explain the context of this because he's talking about women and, and he's talking about how they adorn themselves and the plaiting of the hair. But there's, there's something I want to pull out of here that I'm not taking away from the scripture, but I want you to see God's heart in this. First Peter chapter three, verse three, it says, who's adorning, let it not be the outward adorning or the plaiting of the hair and the wearing of gold or the putting on of apparel. He says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, that which is not corruptible. Amplified says, let not yours be the merely external adoring with elaborate interweaving and knotting of the hair, the wearing of jewelry or the changes of clothes, but let it be the inward adorning and the beauty of the hidden person of the heart. You know, is Jesus, was Jesus against them getting their hair done? Was Jesus against them wearing clothes? Was Jesus against them? You know, you know, people have taken the scripture and said, well, God's against this, God's against that, and God's against that. That's not what he's saying here. He's dealing with the heart issue, meaning don't let your life be based on external things. 
Don't, don't, don't let your focus be on how you look. Don't let, don't let your focus be on any, everything that's external. But what's important is it's the hidden man of the heart. So, so it's not, so, so God's trying to give you some perspective here. He's saying it's, you know, just because you have the right clothes on doesn't make you more acceptable to me. Just because you're wearing, you have the, the best shoes or the best clothes, you're more acceptable to me. Jesus, he's saying, no, I'm more concerned with the hidden man of the heart. He cares about those things. I mean, if you talk, look at the covenant he had with Abraham, he said, I'll give you goodly houses. He, 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 he talked about with the children of Israel, it said their clothes didn't wear out. I mean, he's, he's concerned about all those things, but his point is, I'm more concerned with your heart. I'm more concerned with the hidden man of the heart. Proverbs 4 tells us, he says, he goes, talks about the word. He says, guard your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of your heart, out of your heart flow the issues of life. Guard your heart because what's going to happen is, is you're going to base everything you do from what's going on in your heart. So guard your heart. So, so protect your heart. Your heart is so, our heart as men is so important. It's, you, your heart is so important to your confidence. Your heart is so important as it pertains to how you love your spouse. Your heart is so, is so important on how you, how you love your brothers, how you love your sisters, how you, how you relate to other people. Your heart is so important because we live from that. You make your decisions from that. And, and so often we, we, in life, if we're not careful, is we, we, we don't check our hearts. We just let our hearts think whatever it wants to think be, and not realizing if I let these thoughts continue, then that's the direction I'm going to go. So we have to protect our heart. See, the heart is the foundation. The heart is the foundation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Everything has a foundation. And tonight I want to talk about building a, a strong foundation, building a foundation in your life, having to do with your heart. What is a foundation? A foundation is the basis upon which something stands or is supported. Your heart is the foundation. Everything Jesus went back to, his heart, your heart. Why? Because your heart's the foundation. For instance, faith is where? In where? Your heart and in your mouth. Faith. So, so everything is, is going to d- depend on our heart. That's why, that's what Jesus said. He said he's concerned about the hidden. He wants to, he, he cares more about what's going on in you than what you do. You know, we, we talked about, we, we, Rick and I talked about this from time to time. He, you know, you know, he, it, it, so, so often worried about the, our performance instead of the heart just being. We're so into doing as believers instead of just being. We're human beings. We're not human doings. And, and so, so just understanding who you be. <laughs> and so, so, this, so our heart is the foundation. That's why we have to protect it. And, and so Jesus is saying, hey, everything you do is going to be from your heart. Everything you do, good, bad, and ugly, is going to be from your heart. Why did you do it? Because it was in your heart. As a man, what thinks, so is he. How you, think, how you think in you, how you think in your heart, that's what you're going to ultimately become. So, so this heart thing is such a big deal. And the heart is the foundation. Everything has a foundation. Everything has a foundation. And the foundation definition is it's, it's the basis on which everything is built or supported. 
But you know what? Not all, good, not all foundations are good foundations. Everything has a foundation. You know what? God has a foundation. God has a foundation. Yeah, Psalms 89 verse 14. It says, the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. God has a foundation. Righteousness and justice is the foundation of his throne. So when you take the, if righteousness and justice is the foundation of his throne, if you pull one of those things out of that foundation, then all of a sudden that foundation no longer has the ability to support like it should. If all of a sudden God decided that he didn't want to become righteous, then his kingdom would fall. Mark chapter 3, verses 24, Matthew chapter 12, verse 25, it talks about, about, it says a kingdom that's divided against itself can't stand. So you have to understand that the, the foundation has to be solid. The foundation has to be strong. So, so if, God, if, if righteousness or justice, all of a sudden God decides to not be either one of those, then all of a sudden his kingdom will fall. So everything has to have a foundation. Everything has to have a foundation. You know, most foundations that we have or we understand are, are built upon, um, you know, buildings are built with concrete. And I'm not, I'm not in construction. I'm, there's, I'm, I'm believing in some areas for me to be some, somewhat mechanically inclined. Um, I can use a screwdriver and, and a hammer. And, you know, you get those, those things that come in boxes that you have to put together a shelf. And I think I ended up putting it together three times because I chose not to read the directions. But... But everything has to have a foundation. And, and so when we talk about, you know, like concrete, most buildings, they're the, the slab concretes. Well, concrete, concrete. So, so if you're going to have concrete, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, some of you construction, you know, people here, you can correct me, Tommy. You know, in order to have concrete, you're going to have to have at least, you know, three elements. You're going to have to have water. You're going to have to have um, cement. And you're going to have to have an aggregate. Which an aggregate is what small particles, so that could be either sand or that could be gravel. You know, if you're going to have mortar, if you have mortar, it's going to be you need. I think you need water, you need sand, and you need um, you need cement. If you're going to make concrete, you, you need to have um, you need to have gravel, you need to have sand, and you need to have um, there's something else. But but then you mix those together, and you have to have water. But if you have too much water, the foundation will be weak. If you don't have enough water, then it won't be workable. So, so here, we're going to have a proper foundation. You have to have the right elements. You, you have to have the right things have to be in place in order for it to be successful. You have to have the right things built within your heart to be successful. And if you have too much of one thing and not enough of this, it affects the stability and affects the strength of something. The wrong mixture of something will bring about instability. You know, I can, I can trace a lot of failures back in my life because of wrong mixture. Can anyone relate to that? Wrong mixture. There's, there's, too, there's, there's too many, too many I, I have too many priorities or, or wrong priorities focusing on the wrong things. There's, I have a wrong mixture. And, and I believe in, 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 with men, and I believe in the body of Christ and whole, there's too much mixture going on. There's, there's a lot of mixture. It's like, well, I, I, want, I want to have this aspect of what God wants, but you know what? I still want what I want. And, and so, therefore, there's this mixture. And, therefore, because of that, your foundation will, will will not be as strong as it should be. 
So, so the thing is, is, is we, we have to, we have to realize that if, if we're going to be strong, we have to, we have to have the right mixture in our hearts. We have to have the right things in our heart. You know, well, I'll do a little bit of that and over here and I'll do a little bit of this over here. Well, no, you, you need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know, you have to have the right mixture. Go to first Corinthians chapter three, first Corinthians chapter three. So too much mixture in our hearts and too many things can really take the place of God. Busyness of life. Pressures, financial pressures. Trying to keep up with everyone else financially. Trying to do what everyone else is doing. And, and you, can get, you can get your focus off certain things and your focus needs to be in you need to have the right mixture. The right focus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10, it says... According to the grace of God, which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builded thereon. But let every man take how he builds thereupon. So he says, he goes, he says, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, meaning me. What he laid the foundation. And so what was the foundation? If you read a couple of verses before this, it says Paul planted, Apollos watered. And God gave, God gave the increase. What did Paul? He's a wise master builder that laid a foundation. And he's going to tell us what that foundation is. But he says, take heed how you build. So I want to take this over to your own life. What are you building in your life? What are you building upon in your life? Take heed how you build. So, so he, he told us what the foundation is. And he's telling us now, now take heed to how you build on that foundation. I've given you the foundation. Now you need to take heed. You need to be cautious. Take heed. You need to pay attention to. You need to, to be watchful. There's something that this is, there's, this is important. Take heed how you build. So, so what are you building on in your life? The next verse says, For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Meaning there's no other foundation. Do you know what the foundation is? It's Jesus. Amen. See, it's not a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of that. No, it's Jesus. See, oftentimes, though, we'll fill our hearts. We'll say, okay, well, Jesus will be my Sunday morning thing. Well, is he your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday thing? So, so here, it, it, he's, he's got to be the foundation in our life. You know what? And it's a decision of the heart. It's a decision of the heart. It says, verse 12 says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what that sword is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. So here, he's talking about your focus has to be on it. wood, hay, and stubble. It's not something nat- natural. It's not something external. You have to build your life on this foundation of Jesus Christ. And it's a decision of your heart. The foundation is your heart. But that first decision, it has to be the foundation of Jesus. Jesus, it, n- no mixture, just Jesus. Jesus as the priority. Go over to uh, Joshua chapter 24. It has to be a decision of the heart. Go 
And we see, that, we see this in, in Joshua's writing here, how he makes this decision. In verse 14, it says, Now therefore, verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you shall serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. So this, this, this is the, this, he's saying, you know what? The foundation to my life is I'm going to serve the Lord. You can serve them and they can serve them. You can do that. You can go back to what you came out of. You can serve even the, 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 the land of the Amorites. With the gods of the world that you're in, you, you can make those things your gods. But you know what? As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. See, it's a decision of the heart. There was no mixture. He wasn't like, okay, well, I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to serve the God of the Amorites and I'm going to serve the gods that happened on the other side of the flood. No, no. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. So this has to be a decision of the heart. Say a decision of the heart. Decision of the heart. Hallelujah. Now, let me talk about what now that Jesus is the foundation. He he he's the main he's the main thing. Right. But what do we build upon that? What do we cause to make that foundation even stronger? What do what do we need to build upon that building? Because I, because it's you have to understand that that it, it, it's what's coming out of your heart that's determined the direction of your life. And I want to maybe deal with about five or six things here real quick. And, and we're going to just go to some scriptures real quick and deal with this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter, chapter 13. Our heart. So what are our heart going to be established in? What is our heart going to be grounded in? What is our, what it, where does our position? Yet yeah, Jesus is the foundation but how are we going to grow stronger in this? Hebrews 13, verse 9, it says, verse 8, actually, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He says, Be not carried away with diverse, strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. He says, Do not be carried away by diverse and strange doctrines, for it's a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. So here he's saying, let your heart be established with grace. Let your heart be fortified with grace. Let your heart be strengthened with grace. Let this heart, let your heart be established with grace. What does that mean? Let my heart be established that it's God's ability in my life and not my own ability. He says, Jesus is the same yesterday, day, forever. So why? Let your heart be established with grace. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3. Your heart established in grace. Ephesians 3. Verse 16, it says, That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, by his spirit in the inner man. That you'd be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. 
So here, we're seeing another. This is all having to do with the heart. Your heart is grounded. That your heart is grounded. That you'll be rooted and grounded. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith that you would be rooted and grounded in love. So how, how are we going to fortify our hearts? Know that we're established in grace and know that we're grounded in the love of God. Okay, let's go to, another, go to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Building a strong foundation. Hallelujah. Colossians 1, verse 23. It says, if you continue in the faith... Grounded and settled. See, this is all, these are all foundational. Grounded and settled. I mean, that's, that's not moving away from, being founded on. If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Be grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. So what do I need to do? Be established in the hope of the gospel. That my heart is established in knowing the gospel, knowing the good news. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. Verse 7. Actually, verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so ye walk in him. It's interesting that each one of these scriptures have to do with Christ. See, as you're, as you're established in Christ, you therefore receive Christ Jesus, Lord, so walk in him, what rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Established in the faith, being rooted in him and established in the faith, being rooted in him and established in the faith. Let's go to Colossians 3. Verse 6. Let the word of Christ Dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another, seeing with grace with your hearts and your minds. Hallelujah. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it dwell in you richly. Where, where would it dwell in you? In your heart? So here, the, this is the foundation that we have to build our life. We have to be established in grace. We need to be grounded in love. We need to be established in the hope of the gospel. We need to be established in faith. And we need to be established in the word. Let's go to Ephesians 5. I know it's a lot of scriptures, but I just want you to see this. This is because this is what our heart needs to be founded on. Ephesians 5. Hallelujah. Verse 15, it says, look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and the witless, but as the wise. So look carefully how you're living. It says, making the very most of your time, because the, uh, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. So here, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So here, these are foundational things that we have to build our life upon. Okay, let me close with this. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. That your foundation would be strong. That you'd be established in the word. That you'd be grounded in faith. That you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. That you would be enriched. That you would be richly 
supplied with the word. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7. Verse 24. It says, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken to him a wise man that built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and it beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. What's your life built on? What is your life built on? It says, therefore, who, who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man that built his house upon a rock. And it said the rains came, the storms came, the winds came, and it said it beat upon it, but yet it didn't fall. Because of what it was founded on. Next verse says, And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened to a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. They both had a storm. They both experienced the same thing. It came down to what was in the heart. One just... Both of them heard the word. They didn't hear different things. They didn't experience different storms. The difference was, one, not just heard the word, but did the word. They actually built their life upon what the word said, not just heard the word. See, just hearing the word represents, well, I hear that, and I hear this, and I hear That's mixture. But when you hear the word and you do it, it represents This is how I live my life. And when storms come, difficulties come, you go through difficult things, what's in your heart? Are you established in grace? Established in faith? Are you grounded in love? Are you enriched in the word? Are you filled with the spirit? Those are the things that are going to cause you to live an established, grounded life. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And Father, I thank you that we're all growing. I thank you that you continue to establish your word in our hearts. I thank you, Father, as men, we make a decision that we will build our life upon Jesus and nothing else. We will say like Joshua Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hmm. You know, there's people that you work with. There's places you go. There's people that that come to church that you know. They may not have the foundation that you have. May not know what you know. And and I want you to see this, this group this men's ministry as, as a place of change for men's lives. And I want us to do something a little different. We're going to break up in our groups. And, but before we break up our groups, I want, I want to read the, the, the small group thing that the Lord put on my heart for us to do. And it says this, What would you do to help another man grow, get free, and go to the next level? What would you do? If someone in the church came to you and, and said, Brother so-and-so, man, I'm, I'm hurting. 
I'm, ha- I'm having a difficult time. What would you do? Because you have to ask yourself, what's my foundation like? Do I have something to give them? Do I have something to deposit in their life? Because we, we need to see, you need to see yourself be in this men's ministry as, well, it's just a place I go once a month and, and, and you know, we do a retreat here. Because, no, you, 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 if you have a strong foundation in you, your life just isn't for you. You have to realize your life is, is it's not just about, this is, this is next level men's ministry. This is, this is about not just me and, and leadership. It's, it's all of us helping the men of this church go to another level. And, and so I know this is, might be kind of odd, but it says this. What would you do to help another man grow, get free, and go to the next level? As a group, I want you to come up with a plan for growth, freedom, and accountability. And I, think, I know this, is a, and, and I'm not saying we're going to implement this, but I want you to be thinking. I want you to have some, and so this was, this was what the Lord had wanted me to minister on. And so, so I want you to see is, is are, will you be accountable? Will you be responsible for the people, the men, the, the men that God's placed in your life? <laughs> Think about it. Will you take the responsibility for the, the people that come in your life that have issues? And you're like, well, I'll just let the pastor deal with that. Well, no, but God sends them to you. Now, yeah, you can bring them to church. Yeah, and, and we'll minister to them. They can get into a thrive group and they'll minister to them. They can, yeah, I'm not talking about that, but, but, but what is your personal ownership of the assignments that God causes you to interact with? <laughs> we all interact with people. There are divine appointments. And the question is, will there be a plan in place for you to help them go to the next level? So tonight, this is a twofold. This is, this is twofold. I want you to, I want to challenge you is, is, is taking heed to what you're building your life on. But I also want you to realize that you're building your life on something to help someone else build their life on something. So go ahead. Take this time and, and let's break up in, in, in groups of about five or so uh, people. And, and like I said, uh, you know, just, just take the next, next, next 15 minutes or so. And, and just, just, I just, just come up with a plan. Talk in a group. What would you do? I know this is kind of open end. I'm just doing what the Lord put in my heart to do, and 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 so just on on um, just a sheet of paper. And I, and I want to see kind of what your team came up with. Probably not going to read it in front of everyone, but but I I, I want I, I want us to be thinking next level minded, not just for ourselves, but for the people that God's placed in our lives. Amen. <laughs> you know, the main thing was just to kind of get you thinking. To get you thinking and just establishing a plan. And, and I just believe the Lord's going to open up some opportunities for, for this to take place in your personal lives. And encounter and to be able to bring them and bring them into the, the church body and, and mentor them or build relationships with them, coach them and so forth. So I just love hearing the conversations and the things that are in your hearts and, and so forth. So I'm, I'm just believing that God's going to provide opportunities for this. You know, uh, you know so, um, so anyway, he always does things with a purpose, right? So... So now you'll, you'll have some things fresh in your heart when those, when those encounters do take place. A couple of things I want to remind you of before we dismiss. Uh, one, one assignment this, uh, this next month is read the book of Colossians. Also, uh, make plans to be at the Southwest Believers Convention. It's the last weekend of July, first week in August. And so that means we will not have a men's meeting 
uh, in August because the first Thursday is during the convention there, I believe, right? Yeah. And uh, don't forget about try to work out when you can. I know it's hot out there, but get your heart rate up. Be healthy, you know. And um, other than that, just be looking forward to hearing the announcements about our men's retreat in October. Other than that, love you guys. Thank you for being out here. Thank you for being a part of Next Level, level Men's Ministry. Bring somebody with you the next time we do get together. God bless. Have a good one. Oh, and I'll take the, if, if someone wrote down some of those ideas, just um, give it, put them on the podium here and I'll, I'll look at them later. <laughs>